Hello, love buddies. Welcome back to another episode of The Wedded Podcast with your hosts, Jen and Steve Van Alt. We are a semi-professional look at wedding planning and marriage. Basically, we're going to help you get together and hopefully stay together. Yep. This week, we are so excited to have Josh Withers on the show. Woo! You may know Josh from Married by Josh, his uh, celebrant company that he runs from the rebel's guide to getting married his youtube channel slash podcast the celebrant institute that he runs which helps uh, educate other celebrants or from his other company he runs with his wife called the elopement collective where they plan elopements and do cool stuff we're so happy to have josh join us today to talk about all this josh how are you doing crikey it's great to see you guys <laughs> <laughs> Oh God, I feel like such a loser whenever I do that. Like, but much respect to Steve Owen. I love the guy. <laughs> um, if you can tell by Josh's accent, he's from Australia. He is from a different country. Crazy enough. What a time to be alive. It's amazing. Um, you have quite the resume. I do things. You do. <laughs> Yeah, you definitely do things. It looks like you are pretty much a a wedding professional, wouldn't you say? Like you you know all of the things. Guru, guide, whatever you want to call him. Yeah, and also you guys mixed missed off the list. Uh, I'm the parent to a ten month old, so I'm actually a parenting oh expert now as well. Yeah. Wow. If you guys want to dive into parenting, I've got some really uh, sage words there. <laughs> now that I'm a guru expert. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, well, Josh, I would love to start off with just talking a little bit about what you do, what a celebrant does. Um, it's not really a term that we use in America. So I know that most of our listeners are American. So I would love for you to give us a little bit more description of that. Yeah, so uh, a celebrant in other countries is often called an officiant, uh, but I, I like to just distinguish us as like the person who stands at the end of the aisle with a couple getting married and we... We, with them, breathe their marriage into life. We speak it into existence. Because uh, depending on what part of the world you're in, the celebrant may or may not have legal authority to marry you. Uh, for, through many parts of Europe, the celebrant, as is the priest or the pastor or whoever's doing the marrying, they don't have legal authority. They, they're they just there to celebrate. And, and I I also do that in so many parts of the world. Like in a, in a few weeks' time, I'll be in, in, in a uh, country where I have no authority. And so we have a wedding there, but it's not by any legal authority. We just, we celebrate. That's the term, celebrant. We're the I love it. people who celebrate. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's a growing profession in other parts of the world. But in Australia, uh, I think the most recent numbers, and someone will correct me, but I think around 75% of weddings in Australia are officiated by a celebrant. Whereas if you go to, say, uh, the UK and in America, it's probably less than 20% and some parts less than 10% because most people, when they think about getting married... The instant thing is that, well, of course, we'd do it in a chapel and a guy wearing a collar would would do it. Um, and and that's cool. And, like, I would hope that everyone, if you follow me on social, if you read my blog or social media or, sorry, or a podcast or anything like that, that you would know that uh, I'm okay with, with whatever's going down. My only hope is that you would know that there's options. that Because there's options in everything in life. Like, if you want to go, go for dinner tonight, million options. If you want to, you know, get a book to read, a million options. And it's the same when you're getting married. There's so many options. And sometimes it can be almost uh, debilitating trying to choose, uh, you know, who do we get to, to our photos, our everything. And so uh, that's part of the adventure of getting married is that the two of you are creating an experience where not only is your marriage created, but it's also celebrated. And 
and you get to choose what that looks like and what kind of person is breathing that into existence with you. And, and that's what a celebrant does. We, we speak and uh, we create a, a moment for you both to exchange vows and to make out in front of all your favourite people and high five or whatever it might be that you would do that would commemorate something important happening in your life. So, yeah, that's a celebrant. I love that. Um, so it, just from what you were talking about, it makes me think of like how important it is to, at least in America, how important it is to have a good DJ or a good MC who is going to be taking care of the reception because it could literally kill the party. And um, I think that can definitely fall to the, the, you could see that happening with a, like a celebrant as well. If you have someone who is not skilled at what they do, um, could potentially not necessarily kill the ceremony or kill the wedding, but it could dampen some of the the experience. Yeah, well, I always like to try and point the um, focus of a wedding back to the ceremony, if only because in almost every culture in the world, when you get an invite to the wedding, the invite is to the ceremony, not to mm-hmm. the reception. The, the reception is literally where you're received as a couple. It's the it's the after party, like it's it's the official after party sure. of the wedding, and uh, and I'm all for receptions. Like I, I this weekend just gone of MC and DJ too. Like I, I love a good reception, love a good party, but the ceremony is like the thing. It's the thing you're invited to. Uh, it's it's the part where the business happens, and it's the part where you literally go from not being married to being married. And and I really do believe the ceremony can be, should be the best part of any wedding, that uh, that everything leading up to the ceremony is preparation for the ceremony, you know, hair, makeup, barber, etc. It's all like we're all getting ready for that moment. And then everything after that is in celebration of that. Uh, even portrait photos and whatnot, portrait photos are like, well, something important just happened. We looked really hot. Let's commemorate that. Let's get ourselves a new profile photo and, and et cetera. And um, that it's all a spin-off off the ceremony. And mm-hmm. so... You know, I'm like, I always hear stories of people wanting to get a friend to do it. And if, if your friend's not a professional MC, if your friend doesn't know how to hold a microphone and how to hold a crowd's attention and to actually do something that matters, then 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 they're not Joey from Friends. And that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but, but also on that note, like uh, it's so common for your uh, for your religious leadership to to partake in that. And I know for a fact there are great um, ministers of religion, pastors, priests, uh, whatever other titles they go by, that are great at ceremony. Mm-hmm. Honestly, so many of them are terrible, though. They're great teaching pastors or they're great um, – they're just uh, pastoral pastors or they're great kids pastors or whoever they are. are great preachers, but a great preacher isn't a great person for running a ceremony. Like, it's not automatic. In the same way that uh, in Australia many celebrants also do funerals, but it's not, it's not a given that you would have both skills. So performing, creating, um, orchestrating an awesome ceremony is is a is a specific skill, and uh, and that's where the rise of the celebrant has come from. That we've rec- we've recognised that having someone who really cares about the ceremony is is important, and and that's why you can you can look right across America, through Canada, overseas, Australia. Australia, I feel, has really uh, spearheaded this movement. In many parts of the world, they go under other post or anti-religious um, uh, your headlines like your humanist or your uh, pagan, that kind of thing. And, and they're all fine. But uh, in Australia, at least, when we say the word celebrant, we're actually meaning a civil celebrant. That's the word we have, mm-hmm. which is uh, 
like in most of my ceremonies, and I dare say all of my ceremonies, uh, you would never know what my faith is or if I have one or where it stands because it's not about me, which is a really big turn for ceremonies because uh, just yesterday a friend was messaging me about a, about a ceremony he attended at a Catholic church and mm-hmm. how the, 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 the priest um, yelled at the photographer. Literally, I'm, I'm reading his text message. He goes, stop interrupting in my ceremony. And I can tell you when I do a ceremony, it is not my ceremony. It's these two people yeah. getting married. It's their ceremony. I'm just... I'm orchestrating. I uh, I like to say that I'm just turning the volume up on what's already there. I'm just I'm the amplifier. I'm the reflector of yeah. what's already happening. And so uh, so so that's the big turn is that uh, a civil celebrant. I'm not here to dish out my beliefs or like I have beliefs. I have worldview. Like I'm a mm-hmm. functioning person on planet Earth. But in my role as a celebrant, I put that aside for a moment, and I celebrate your marriage. And we mm-hmm. have a chat about. What that means, because I would guess, and if you're listening to this, you might not even have any deep-held thoughts about what your ceremony should be, which is fine. Mm-hmm. You don't have to, but I'd encourage you to hear these words and actually start thinking about, like, what does us celebrating our marriage look like? Like, what's important to us? Like, how do people like us celebrate things like this? How do we how do we commemorate things in our life? How do we create traditions? Because when you're getting married, you're literally creating new traditions for your family. And that may well be adopting existing traditions, uh, but assuming that you're not marrying your brother or your sister, there's possibly a mixture of traditions coming on. <laughs> we don't actually allow people to marry their brothers and sisters here in America. I didn't I didn't know if they taught that in Australian schools. Like, incest is not okay here. Oh, is that just an Illinois thing? Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> so I love it. But I feel like weddings have really made that change to um, kind of like a, a flip in the past decade where it used to be, I think it was a, gradually making that change, but um, where weddings are much more personable than they used to be. People have made it about them, them as a couple and less like the traditions that they had been taught. And it sounds like you're really going along with that change and adapting those ceremonies to meet what those couples are wanting, which is a personal ceremony that reflects who they are as people, which I, I think that's wonderful. Um, it's it's good to hear that um, with such an important part of the wedding, um, that is something couples should definitely be keeping in mind. I also... I was just going to say, I love the way that you've been talking this whole time, referring to the ceremony as a party and the reception as an after party. Uh, I mean, the whole term celebrant implies celebration. And I just feel like like 10 years ago when Jen and I got married, it felt like it felt like a ceremony. It felt like we were walking through the steps of something. It did not feel like a celebration of our love for each other. It was like, this is how the uh, thing's going to go. We found a pastor and it felt like we were just kind of rolling the dice. Like he had a great personality. We liked him a lot. We did some counseling sessions with him that were super beneficial before the wedding. But then it was like, the ceremony was just kind of like, he would say whatever he wants, he would do whatever he wanted. And we were just there for the ride. And the way you talk about it makes it sound much more personal and like a much better reflection of who the couple is. And I got to say, like, I'm really digging this. I'm really, I really like this a lot. I, I call it uh, like a branding exercise. Like, like you, you know, you'll see like maybe Coca-Cola brings out a new yeah, a new flavor of Coke. Um, they'll do like a branding campaign. They'll they'll have events, you know, and they'll be they'll be you know 
signs and they'll have they'll have girls giving out coke and whatever. They, they do a full activation to tell everyone, hey, we've got a new thing of coke. And and in, in marketing branding world, they, they call that an activation, a branding activation, where you just do a real hard push on, hey, everyone, check out a new soft drink. And a wedding's kind of like that for two people. It's, it's you drawing a line in the sand saying, look, we acknowledge where we have come from, that like my family, my heritage, and my culture, like it is, it is what it is. And we acknowledge that. And we're grateful for that. And we might even bring some of that along. But, but today we draw a line in the sand and say, the two of us, we are a new uh, unit. And this is our branding activation. We're doing something new, Kathy. We're doing something new. Put on the put on the fancy suit. We're gonna get married. Yeah. <laughs> so, say a couple's hired you, and they are. Um, this is all new to them. They for for most couples, they've they've never. This is their first wedding. This whole concept of having a personalized ceremony is definitely foreign to them. They maybe have never seen something like this, never experienced anything. Um, how are you able to, um, to personalize those, those ceremonies for those couples? Yeah, it's, um, cause it, it does sound hard, but I, I try to go where we know. I try to take the road that we already know before we'd start taking new paths. And, uh, and although it sounds a little bit negative, I start to talk about, well, um, all of these pre-existing things you've got to do at your wedding. Like, like if if we talked about the last twenty weddings we've that we all went to, we'd talk about things that um that happen in every wedding. There's, uh, yeah, someone being walked down an aisle by by an elderly uh, elder in their family, and one person standing at the other end of the aisle, and there's people either side wearing matching coloured dresses and suits, so that the demons when they come can't distinguish the bride and the groom from the people. <laughs> 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 Literally, why they're there. <laughs> And and then we start expanding on uh, like like you know my favorite thing to exclude from a wedding is the word I do because like people hear that and they're like what um, but it's <laughs> uh, particularly in Australia it's not legally required to get married you don't have to say yeah. I do and uh, and we start talking about all these little things tossing bouquets speeches cutting cakes um, garter thingies and all of that stuff and we start, so we talk about the the knowns the existing things mm -hmm. that you'd find on, on any wedding blog. And we um, we give each one the big question, which is why. I'm I'm not hoping to exclude. Like I'm not trying to ruin weddings. I'm not trying mm -hmm. to, you know, get your very wedding and burn it to the ground. Yeah. But um, but I just I do want to ask the word why. And if you look at any of the existing rituals, say a bride being walked down an aisle by a father, brother, uncle, grandpa, um, like that's a hundred percent fine. But also, if you look at that and you ask why, and you're like, actually, that doesn't mean anything to me. Like, I, uh, my worldview doesn't align with that, or my family structure doesn't align with that. Then what a great opportunity to say, okay, cool, we're not going to change the world today. Let's just change how we walk down the aisle. Sure. And then as you start making these little changes, all of a sudden you find out what actually matters to you. Because I could be like, you could be listening to this podcast and you'll hear me talking about this and you were like so angry at me that I would exclude your father from your wedding, which is great because you've just figured out what actually matters to you. It's, it's, not a, it's not a place where I would sit here and tell you what to do with your wedding and I'm going to come in and wreck it and ruin it. But if we start asking why and if we start questioning every single status quo and every norm, then we, we start constructing a list of things that do matter to us. And then as you start getting two, three, four, ten items in that list that actually creates a really beautiful new path for us to walk down. 
because we can say, well, you've already identified that you don't want someone to walk you down the aisle. Um, do you want to walk down the aisle? Or do you want to walk down the aisle with the person you're marrying? I'm like, okay, cool. So we've made that decision. That has an on-flow effect to every other part of the day because you've set you've um, you've, you've set a structure in place for what mm-hmm. what matters to you. And 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 so that's that's the process. It's uh, it sometimes can be a little bit ugly. I find we've probably got to have a couple of meetings because even this short thing, like this very much resembles to my first meeting I'd have with a couple and they would walk away mind blown. Like, Oh my God, my dad doesn't have to walk me down the aisle. And <laughs> about, like, 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 what does that mean? Cause some people will hear that and they'll be like, well, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a feminist. And I, I, I'm, I'm like, you know, screw the patriarchy. But if I tell my dad to, he's not going to walk me down the aisle, he'll cry. And I love my dad. Mm-hmm. So we reconcile with that. Yeah. And that's, that's a, that's, it's actually a beautiful process. To try and reconcile your existing worldview. Yeah, it's going to be beautiful when their dad's crying on the wedding day. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> is, is that good? Is that helpful? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, wow, that's a lot for our, our listeners to chew on. Because maybe we have a lot of a traditional I love, couples. I absolutely love when brides don't get walked down the aisle by their dad. Um, I love, love when uh, the groom like walks down and like walks down with the bride. I love the idea that they're coming into the ceremony together. Like if we could go back and redo our ceremony, I would prefer to do something like that and make your dad cry, Jen. Uh, (laughs) I was thinking, I don't even want you to, I will walk myself down the aisle. (laughs) Thank you very much. And I'm going to zip line down the aisle a few (laughs) minutes earlier. It's no big deal. Yeah, and look, if, if you're like, if what I've just said about that whole aisle thing is kind of affecting you and you're like, I'm a traditionalist, mm-hmm. let me tell you, the original tra- traditional Catholic wedding was where the two people walked in the aisle together yeah. behind the priest. The priest would walk them in and they would enter the ceremony as, as, as equals. And so it's, um, you know, like talking positively about the Catholic church isn't the coolest thing to do on the internet, but you know what? The Catholics got it right a long time ago yeah. and it's only through various cultural movements and, um, you know, just we all know where the world's been for the last couple of hundred years. Are you about to say the Catholics are doing it wrong now? Is that is that where you're going with this? Is that, <laughs> some Catholics, I feel like that's where you're going. Were you listening to the Catholic hating podcast? Yeah, gosh. <laughs> all right. Where do we go from now? Uh, from here? Because <laughs> I, I, can, I can go down that line forever. Because yeah. if you start talking about vows, like yeah. I um. Uh, there's not many things in this world that I hate, but I, I hate Googled vows because it's, um, it, it lacks creativity on something that you really, you know what, just put your ego aside for a second. What an opportunity to be creative about your marriage. Like the thing that literally supports your entire life, like this commitment that is the bedrock of your bloody well existence on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Just put a couple of lines down about how you don't hate the person you're marrying. Because um, <laughs> because particularly, uh, like, obviously I come from an Australian law point of view, and, and I know every state in America has got a different um, interpretation of marriage and marriage laws, which can I tell you, as someone that comes from uh, in Australia where it's a federal law, very confusing that every state's got a different law about how to get married. Confusing here too. Yeah, but the Australian law says, look, everything, all the, the paperwork, signing the register, all of that's great. But the the moment where the bride and groom or the bride and bride and groom and groom or whoever it is, when they speak their marriage into existence, when they say that vow, that's them getting married. 
So if if we mid ceremony, I've been chatting for a bit. I give them the opportunity to exchange vows. They say uh, one says a vow, the other says a vow, and then the earth opens up and swallows us all whole. Devastating moment, but they died husband and wife or whatever uh, configuration they were in, <laughs> because that, that's that, that's what that's what the law sees. That if you exchange those vows, that that's the that's mm. the that's the um, the point where you become married, and so. So some people get freaked out about personal vows. I just want to Google it. I'm just going to Google for some help. I'm like, you don't have to Google for help. Just literally speak your marriage into existence. Say, hey, I like you. And maybe start expanding on that point. <laughs> and, <laughs> and make the other person feel like a million dollars because of the words you're saying. And go for as long as you need to. Go for as short as you need to. Just say words that are from your vocabulary. Just, just say something that you actually believe. When you Google it, Google it, like you may well find something like, oh yeah, that's lovely, but you don't, you probably don't believe it. And you start saying words that aren't in your normal vernacular and you start just saying things that are really romantic and cool. Mm-hmm. And it's like getting a Hallmark card and saying to wife, love, husband, there you go. And just the bit in the middle, yeah. it, it clearly doesn't matter. Webster's Dictionary defines love as... <laughs> Steven, <laughs> I like you. We are married. How many times have you guys been at a reception and you've you've heard you've heard the best man go, I was asked to give a best man speech, so I get on Google. Like, thanks, yeah. man. You've just you've disqualified How many times? everything you're about yeah. to say. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously you're very passionate about couples doing what they want for their weddings. Where where do you think that passion comes from in your in yourself? Um, what makes that such a big deal to you? Yeah, that's a really good question. I am... Um, I told the person that I'm now married to, Britain, she's one of the best humans on the planet. Uh, I told her when I first met her, um, something which I thought was really smart. And I thought, uh, like, what a thing to say to a girl when you're having a coffee the first time you've met. And I told her that I'm never getting married. (laughs) Because uh, (laughs) if you never get married, wait for it. This is genius. Everyone should write this down. If you never get married, you never get divorced. How good is that? Look, I've just solved the world's problems. <laughs> but you are married now, right? Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's there's there's more to the story. Um, and where that stupid thing that I said to Britt came from was I um I didn't I I just didn't want to get divorced. I, I and my my dad was on his third marriage. And everyone else around me was was divorced. Like literally, divorce was the norm in my family. That if you got divorced, it was almost celebrated, and it wasn't. And my family members might hear that and like they'll be offended. But honestly, look around, guys. Like, yeah. <laughs> divorce is like a weed growing in our backyard, and uh, and I never wanted that because I, I saw my parents and uh, multiple times and family members get divorced, and it was it was terrible. Mm-hmm. Like very few people can talk about having a good divorce. Like one of my couples. Um, uh, who I married so long ago outside of Foo Fighters concert, which was awesome. Oh, uh, they, nice, nice. Yeah, it was well, really cool. The, 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 reception, <laughs> the reception was literally all of us going to the Foo Fighters concert. It was rank. Oh, uh, my gosh. That would be that, – yeah. that's that's amazing. Last time yeah, we went to cool. a Foo Fighters concert, we just saw one of my drunk friends from high school outside, which was also great. It was also great. <laughs> yeah. I hadn't seen him in a long time, so – 
So, uh, but but they they're one of the few couples that that have um, non-negative relationships with their former partners, and they've got their kids and their stuff going on. And I'm like, I, I still today, it's probably mm-hmm. uh, seven or eight years on since I married them. I'm like, you're still one of the few couples I know that actually has like a not terrible divorce. It, like because because most of us aren't emotionally intelligent to divorce well. Uh, like I. I, it's rare for me to go on the record in support of divorce, but I, I, I agree with the fact we have the right to divorce. That some of us make different decisions when we're mm-hmm. kids, and we maybe, and we should make better decisions now we're older. And so I support your decision to divorce. Um, obviously, like, yeah, I don't like it. Like it's, how good would it be to not be divorced? That would be a magical thing. So, so my my passion came from that place of, I saw all of this divorce go rampant. And I told Britt, I'm never going to get divorced. Uh, so I'm never going to get married because I'll never get divorced. And obviously, when you hit that hard, extreme wall, you can't help but ricochet back and find your resting place. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's how I ended up a celebrant because I, uh, at the time, I was actually studying a, um, a, a diploma of ministry and I, because um, I thought that's where I should be and and then as all of this is kind of figuring itself in its head, I thought there's no way in hell that I want to be a pastor or a priest or a minister or that's just not my thing. Like I thought it was, but I, I, I just didn't want to be that person. And my my dog leg to that was I'm fairly passionate about not being divorced, but I've been on this journey of trying to figure out what does marriage mean, what is marriage for, what how does how does how do marriages exist in society and what purpose do they hold? And and you you put all that in a and stew and stir it for a while, you're going to end up in someone like my position. And and that's where that came from. And, and I, I firmly believe today that although I don't have the world's answers for marriage and how to stay married, um, I really don't know. Please don't ask me. I've got no idea. <laughs> but <laughs> maybe if we start good, if we start how we intend to finish, then maybe that'll provide a better foundation for good marriages. And maybe if we have better marriages, then maybe we'll have better parents and better families and better kids. Maybe if we've got better families, kids and parents, maybe there's better communities and schools and, and, and you know, community groups. And maybe if we've got better those, we've got better cities and we've got better cities, then maybe we've got the better world and then maybe maybe we can just make the world a better place. Yeah. I love that. So, Josh, um, Another thing that you do, aside from just being a marriage celebrant, you also run a business with your wife, which can be a very testy, trying very, thing. Very a lot of times your wife says stuff like you're super awkward, you're not good at your job, things like that. <laughs> I don't know where this is coming from um, for me, but... Um, are you claiming I'm verbally abusive? Wait, what? Uh, but Josh... <laughs> is um, the police knocking at the door? Oh my gosh. <laughs> but Josh, uh, I was just curious. Your, your like main celebrant thing is uh, Married by Josh. And then um, I actually I actually had the privilege of talking to Josh last night for my other podcast. And you had said, what was it, getting to like almost 50-50 with regards to the weddings you're doing uh, between Married by Josh and the Elopement Collective. So I was wondering if yeah. you could take a second just to kind of explain to listeners what the difference is between a wedding and an elopement. Yeah, it's. Um, I'll give you the short version, and then we'll expand on it. the The simple thing is that a wedding is for everyone, and an elopement is for you. So, a, a wedding is very much a public event. It's it's where you invite your fifty, a hundred, three hundred closest friends, and you share them dinner. You give them some beers. People make speeches. Everyone claps. You have a dance. You. Yeah, it's a public event. It's where you're inviting all these people saying, hey, 
all of these people that are in my life that matter to me, come be in the one place and please give me a toaster. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, need, I need 300 toasters. So uh, Sounds like a Battlestar Galactica startup that right there. I was thinking more of like a flying toaster screensaver, but in real Ooh, life. Nice. Ooh. Yeah. It's uh, an old school throwback there for like the three people that got that. Um, so a wedding is a public event. An elopement is a private, intimate event. Uh, a lot of people think that an elopement has to have no guests. And I'd say that maybe half of our elopements have no guests or no witnesses or no family or no friends, no, no one present. And, and I'm 100% in support of that. Uh, but probably about half of our elopement couples, um, they, they, they have the people that I like to distinguish as these are the people who would come into the birthing suite when you're delivering your baby. Like these are the four, six, eight, ten people who are saying, yeah, please come and see me in the blue paper gown and um, everything's out. Like those are, the, those are the people you invite to your elopement. You're not inviting Jim from work to your elopement. Um, you know, you're not inviting that guy that you're friends with on Facebook. It's just uh, intimate and personal and meaningful. And it's it's a very, it's, it's, it's ultra personal. So obviously I'm all for weddings being personal, but there's very much a public, a, a performance aspect of that. Um, and, and I've seen people mix the two. I've literally had an elopement and then the couple went back to 300 people in a raving party, mm-hmm. but they're... Their marriage celebration in the photos was extremely intimate and personal. Mm-hmm. But that night they celebrated. Uh, I married a couple uh, recently who, uh, in a few weeks, are holding a public event and they're going to play their elopement film and show their photos. And so they still want to have the public element. But there is something about the act of saying, hey, my wedding's happening on such and such date. And everyone's got lots of thoughts and opinions, uh, particularly mothers. God bless the mothers. So many thoughts and opinions on how things should happen. And so some people want to take that back and do it their way in a, matter, in a way that matters to them. So that, that's what an elopement is, is it's the two people getting married saying, like, this is, this is how we do this. We, we, we don't have to do it in front of 300 people, and we don't want to. In fact, that kind of sickens us, which is how you should know whether or not an elopement is for you. Like, if you imagine just you and the person you're marrying on a beach with me and a photographer, and if you think, that's awesome – or you think that's awesome. I wish my parents and my brother could be there, but then then the elopement is for you. The elopement collective is for you, and I'll talk about what makes the elopement collective different to just regular elopements in a second. Uh, but if you th- if you think of that and think, oh no, I need Sally from work there, then please have a wedding because a wedding is the kind of thing you need to get married at. And I apologise for the jets flying over. <laughs> Are you currently on a runway? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if we could just, I would love to like revisit the beach thing. Um, but I would love to like, just get rid of like you, the photographer, the videographer, and it's just me and Jen and Jen's in a bikini. I think that'd be great for me for a wedding. (sighs) That's a honeymoon. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, are you saying that too much of her body is covered up right now? That's (laughs) all the time. Yeah. (laughs) That's good. So um so the so everyone and anyone on the whole planet is welcome to do elopements. Like I'm I'm a fan of them. Uh, only a fan if it's what the, would suit the couple, and hopefully that little test would sort you out. You know, so you would know whether an elopement or a wedding is for you. Uh, but what the what makes the elopement collective different is that um, Britt, my wife, um, is the she's the brains behind it all. She's mm-hmm. the one that um, 
works on a timeline so that the photos and the ceremony are in beautiful light. Like we only do it at about an hour or two before sunset. We don't do it on weekends because all of us all of us are in the wedding industry. So on the weekend, we're probably probably working a wedding. So we do it Monday to Thursday, um, close to sunset as possible in a location that's intimate and personal without hundreds of thousands of other people there. And we did one in uh, Dubrovnik's Old Town recently. And the sunset at Old Town is full of 10 billion people, so we did it at sunrise. So, mm. so Britt's the person yeah. that organises all that. She helps you choose a photographer from the photographers we have and the florists from the florists we have. And um, But what makes it uh, different to just, say, hiring a photographer and a celebrant and a blah, blah for an elopement is uh, because it's all together, we all work together with the same goal of it being a really memorable personal experience where um, – you know, I'm, I'm obviously working with the photographer, so the photographer and I aren't butting heads. Yeah. Uh, the photographer's kind of helping choose the locations that it looks beautiful and it feels nice. And But I'm also not just doing a ceremony. I am creating a moment, and that's more than a ceremony. It's trying to make sure the couple feel warm and loved. And, you know, we had a couple recently where um, the photographer and I talked briefly after we met with the couple and said, I think we should probably do the ceremony halfway through the elopement instead of the start of the elopement, I think they just need a few minutes to get warmed up. You just got to warm that motor up and, you know, have a bit of a quick portrait session before the ceremony. So mm-hmm. that's that's what makes us different in that regard, that we're very much all together. And the photographers we work with, like, we're friends. Like, we, afterwards, we'll catch up and have dinner or a beer because we actually like each other and work yeah. really well together. And it's a good day at work. It's fun. Mm-hmm. It's great. I love working with friends. Definitely. More or less than husbands? Um, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> but, you, you know, you, um... Sorry, I'll start again after the plane flies over. There's a lot more planes tonight than there were last night. So, I imagine, you, like, the runway, and you're, like, in a, like, garage at the very, very end of it. Is that yeah, really pretty per- much? Okay. He's like okay. five houses down from the yeah. end. I think you really? said last night. Yeah, yeah. Like, if you, if you want to pull up your phone, like, uh, my address is... And I'm literally, yeah, you can see it. <laughs> I'm leaving that in the podcast. Why would you say that? <laughs> Cut that bit out. Uh, what I was about to say was, um, uh, yeah, you, you mentioned working with friends. Uh, like, how good is it at a wedding even when everyone is on the same page? Like the officiant slash celebrant, photographer, video, florist, stylist, venue, um, caterers, bar people, uh, entertainment, DJ, band, whoever it is, when we're all in the same accord, not the Honda accord, but like a mental, mm-hmm. emotional accord. Uh, and, and that, uh, you know, I find that there's there's musicians that I work with and, and, and it's so good because they, they get me that they'll not just plead up and down the aisle, uh, but I think of Michael Urshvesh, a local friend, and he'll he'll play through the ceremony because we do ceremonies together. We're, we're a cool team, and so he'll kind of like he knows my vibe, and he'll just kind of strum his guitar, uh, kind of like in a movie when something important's happening. Yeah. There's like a musical soundtrack, and and the photographers know that uh, I'll try and get the couple to hold a microphone so that I can step out of the way so they can get a photo, say, of the couple exchanging vows, looking back towards the audience without my big head in the middle and that kind of thing, and so when the whole team is working well together, like it's like a well-functioning machine and, and we know that he's like, and the photographers know that the videographer want that shot and they'll be kind enough to say, yeah, get the shot. And then the photographer's not a douche and so he'll get out of the way and the photographer can get back in there and get their shot, all, all of those things. And when it's all functioning so beautifully well together mm-hmm. uh, and even like with the wedding coordinator or whoever's setting the timeline, if they set a timeline that is good for everyone so we're not in the full heat or we're not awkward lighting and that kind of thing, 
that when everyone's working well together, that's a really good wedding. And and I'm sure you guys have had, because you, know, you, you get one of those, like one in 10, one in 20. And when that happens, you're like, if I wish that was every day. Oh, absolutely. And that's what we do with the Elopement Collective is that we we try to make it really simultaneous. And, and, and even there's been times when we've picked a couple up and the light is super harsh and we know we've got to push it out half an hour. And so we'll go to a local bar and I'll shout everyone a beer and we'll just kind of sit down and chat for a bit. Um, and we'll be honest. We'll say, yeah, we just want to wait for the, for the sun to go a little bit. But if we weren't all working together as a team, it'd be the awkward thing of everyone trying to talk through it. But because we're all on the same accord, we can go get a beer and it's cool. Mm-hmm. Great. I love the idea of drinking at weddings. This sounds like the greatest thing ever. <laughs> Last night I was joking when I said I wanted to, uh, you know, be a photographer for the Elopement Collective. Tonight I'm serious. Just putting it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've got a we got a little rule around here that vendors don't drink, but too, too many. Too, we've seen too many people get sued for stuff like that. So yeah, and um, that's. It's a cultural thing there. Yeah. I imagine there's venues here that try to enforce that. I imagine with elopements, it'd be a lot more relaxed. Oh, though. yeah. I would say that the the elopements that we've done, we we had wine and had their like a meal, and then we went out and did portraits. So I, I would say, yeah, it definitely is different. Yeah. And that's actually the beautiful thing about doing a summer elopements. Uh, not so much close to home, because even during the, the, um, the top of summer, the sunsets here, maybe 7.30 or so, uh, but we'll go to, say, New Zealand or Bali and even through America, and uh, the sunset's like 9, 30, 10 o'clock. And so you still want to shoot in that light, mm-hmm. but you maybe want to have dinner earlier. And so you know, we'll, yeah. we'll go and have burgers and beers with the couple and then just chill and go, oh, cool, it's 8.30, let's go for a drive. Love it. We'll go do the ceremony and the elopement. We need to wipe the barbecue off the bride's face, though, real quick, the barbecue sauce. <laughs> and yeah. Don't forget the napkin. Yeah, yeah. got to pull that napkin out. <laughs> Yeah, it's good fun. The, 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 the elopement collective and elopements in general, we're really just getting back to the bare bones of just how good is it that the two of you, not only have you beaten the four quadrillion to one odds of existing, like, so just hallelujah, you exist. Like, this is great. Mm-hmm. You, all the sperms and the eggs, but you figured your crap out and you <laughs> got together and you were birthed. And, and not only that, like, you made it through the first few couple of years where your parents probably wanted to kill you and they didn't. And, like, how good is that? Like, you're now of age and you're an adult, and that's great. You've beaten mm-hmm. the odds, four quadrillion to one. Then there's another person who's also beaten those odds. You find out each, each other exists. And then once you've actually figured out each other exists, you realise you could probably hang out once or twice more, and then you kind of start battling those odds and then you realize you've moved in together or whatever it might be and that you you actually want to spend some time together and then you're seen in the marriage ceremony like that is good like we don't need some fancy ass arbor to kind of improve that situation yeah. like, <laughs> like this there's 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 there is not a linen on the planet that can make that look better <laughs> and so with the elopement collective we're really just going back to those bare bones of like this is good we don't need to dress it up. We don't need like yeah. this isn't a pig we're putting lipstick on. This is this is a beautiful unicorn we should be celebrating. Are elopements kind of scary for the couple? Like, do you guys do you guys have a lot of couples who say they want to do an elopement and then they back out, or like, what's the success rate there with actually getting to the elopement? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's definitely it's better than four quadrillion to one. Uh, <laughs> it's um, like I would say every month or two we do have a couple who thought they wanted this, but then as they start enacting the moves, booking flights, whatever it might be, 
they realise that we a public event is actually what we want. And sometimes you don't know that until you buy a thing. Like, like you don't know that you want a Sony camera until you bought a Canon or whatever it might be. Um, uh, but it, it might be that you that you either change. So, luckily for us, we're one sep- we're one single corporate entity. All of our different business names. So I'll often have couples that go from the elopement collective just to having just me as their celebrant, and then we'll they'll actually book a full wedding with other people, including, and I'll be their celebrant. Uh, but then probably on a similar note, we've had had quite a few couples where we'll we'll get down through the process and realize that not only do they want a wedding, but even more so, they're not going to be happy with what we do. And honestly, it's it's a hard thing for me to do as a um, as a business person uh, to give money back. But we now know after I've been a celebrant for over 10 years now that it's better to be less of money today and have a good day at work or just stay at home instead of going to a bad day at work. Uh, and and there's been a number of couples who they should have never hired us. And sometimes they'll do that for a budget purpose, you know, because you might look at our fee and then look at the wedding fee and you're like, oh, cool, literally 10% of the cost. Like, what a bargain. And... It's kind of like when you'll, you know, you'll buy a small hatchback car when you should have bought a van and you'll try and fit everyone that would have gone in the van into the hatchback. And that's fine if it's a hatchback in a van situation, but it's not fine when it's our day at work and it's our souls and it just sucks. So, yeah, we, we do. We, we refund money uh, and we, we do have couples change from an elopement to a wedding. Uh, but also, probably on a similar rate, I've got couples that book me for a wedding and then they cancel everything and they redirect their uh, focuses onto an elopement with the elopement collective. It's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. The key to the hatchback van thing is if um, you can just knock everybody out, then you can kind of fit their bodies in however you want. Yeah. Like lay them on top of each other? Yeah. Stack them up? I know you joke, but I, I do a lot of long-haul flights. And every time I'm boarding that, that flight at my local international airport, I'm like, look, it's lovely that you've got in-flight entertainment and you've got food. And, like, I know you've got A-class food wrapped in alfoil. Uh, but could you just knock me out and hang me by my feet and I'll see you in 16 hours? That's a much better option for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, speaking of flights, um, you've been working weddings a long time and you've traveled the world to marry people, which is really exciting. Um I know recently you had a wedding that you were afraid you were going to miss due to a delayed flight. Um, I, I guess what I am trying to, um, to say is that, or to ask is like, have you had any horror stories um, with working this industry or have you had any clients miss weddings, um, anything with that? I think that's probably a big fear of, of couples going into elopements or destination weddings. Yeah, so I'll tell you three quick stories about problems we've had. Uh, uh, but before all that, I'll, I'll tell you my disappointment. Uh, see, I believe that no one has 100% success. That perfection in the planet doesn't exist. And in fact, it's not even something you want. That that perfection isn't actually as beautiful as we think it is. That there's actually beauty and chaos and craziness and weirdness as we hear with the planes going over. God bless the planes. It's so um, beautiful. I love it so much. It is. Is beauty and flight, uh, but yeah, you know, it's. I, I think I think beauty really doesn't exist in perfection. The perfection's really boring, and so 
as much as that is a lovely poetic thing to say, it also scares the crap out of me because I kind of do need perfection in my flights. That's if I'm looking for perfection anywhere, it's in the flight. That's that's where I want it. And uh, and as someone who flies almost every week, I um, that's a continual fear of mine. And so I like I'm I'm not. This sounds superstitious, but I guess. I guess it is superstitious. I'm not a superstitious person. But I've just been waiting for that one time when everything goes pear-shaped so that I can then claim to not have a perfect kind of record with attending weddings via flights. So I can now just proceed into the rest of my life knowing that I've dropped off that 100% scale. So I was in uh, Queens, uh, New Zealand's Queenstown Airport uh, recently and flight cancellation. So first of all, the flight was overbooked, booked us into another flight that was cancelled. I, I paid for a new ticket on a new airline, delayed, 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 cancelled. And uh, it was just a horror situation. Uh, the flight gets, so th- by that time, I was supposed to fly in the day before I went in close to home. And the next morning, I thought, if we if we take off at the allotted time, it'll be stressful, but I'll do it. And that was a 9 a.m. flight that became a 10 a.m. flight, became an 11 a.m. flight, became a 12.30 p.m. flight. So I'd land at the airport, which is 15 minutes away from the wedding. I'd land there at 2.08 p.m. I get through customs and security, and I get my car from valet parking, and I got to the wedding at 3.05 p.m. Oh, my gosh. And I'd, I'd, yeah, I know. <laughs> it, was, it was fascinating. <laughs> um, but I'd, 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 I had another celebrant there organized because that's my thing. If I, if I can't make your wedding, like, I'm going to make sure someone's there. And I was also emceeing that wedding, and so I had another MC organized. I had a celebrant organized, and they got to go home that afternoon. But yeah, it does happen. Like um, we uh, we had an elopement collective elopement recently, where we had a, a sunset ceremony, and the photographers were flying in at 10 p.m. the night before, and that flight got diverted to another European city, and so uh, within the case of like an hour, we had met some beautiful new friends from Bosnia, wow. who actually turned out to be amazing um, videographers and photographers, and they drove overnight from Bosnia to get to Croatia and do that elopement. And so, so with the Elopement Collective, like we will make it happen. That's okay. if it, like like we were prepared to pay any price. Like if someone was nearby and they wanted multiple thousands of dollars, like yeah, we'll do that because the couple have flown from Auckland to be here in Dubrovnik with us, and we're going to do do this. Can I just and say I, I you like should schedule a lot of elopements in Indiana and maybe possibly <laughs> book the photographers okay. and videographers on really crappy flights? Um, Jen and I are just a few <laughs> hundred thousand dollars. What? Yeah, got carried away. <laughs> that's that's a real success story. I, I can I can hear what you're saying. Is is this part of your business coaching thing you do? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hire <laughs> hire me for hundreds of thousands of dollars, Josh. Pay <laughs> any <laughs> price, my price. So how many times are we gonna beg? Like how many times did he beg? I'm not begging for... anymore. Now I'm in a position of power, Jen. Come on. <laughs> Gosh. But mm. you, you know, I I feel that that's the that's the strength in hiring like actual professionals, whether it's photographers, celebrant, whoever, like I know you guys are going to talk to different vendors and there's a real, there's a real line in the sand between pros and not pros where the pro would just make it flipping well happen. Mm-hmm. You know, like it doesn't, it doesn't matter if there's a delayed flight, if they're sick, if they're dead, if the camera is whatever the camera is or like, like a pro just figures it out. Yeah. Like, Pack it up though I if am, they're dead. <laughs> I feel like that one. You would be surprised, man. A real professional will come back from the dead. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> but, but even with that, like a, like a professional will have systems. Like I literally moved to a customer relationship management software maybe a year or two ago because I thought 
I need to have all of this information out of my head and in a system so if something terrible happens, there's literally there's two other people plus family in my world who know how to access all of my clients' data. So that if something terrible happens, at least they've got phone numbers and dates and places and they know other celebrants and they can they can make it happen because because that's that's what a pro does. Like a like you, you know you've got a pro when they call and say there's a problem, but there's a solution. Whereas a non-pro go, there's a problem, but I don't know. I guess I just uh, here's a problem. Please make it go away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so going back to talking about perfection, um, I think you definitely addressed something that's important for couples who are getting married to know. What I hear and I see so much um, online is, "Oh, your perfect day. Oh, I hope you have a perfect oh, I day." And I think that is as professionals it's important for us to set expectations, healthy expectations for our couples. And so I love that what you were talking about is like perfection is boring. And if we could just teach our couples that perfection is boring and that something is probably going to happen and we just, it's the way that we respond to it. That's going to make the wedding great or it's all going to be failure. chaos anyway. We don't need a timeline for the day. Don't worry about it. Oh. <laughs> right, Jack? Okay. Um, I'm a little too much type A to not have an itinerary. I could not do that at all. I need to have but some even, idea. I, I would hope that you would, that as much as you want an itinerary, you're not looking and going, guys, it's 12.35 PM. Why the heck is that dress not on right yeah, now? For like, sure. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful guide and it's you know, like, it might have things like, well, we want to be at the ceremony at, at, at 4 p.m. and it takes 20 minutes to get there, so we probably should leave at such and such yeah. time. So, Because the, the, that's what a timeline's good for, is just spacing it all out but allowing for some human, just humanity, just things that happen. Because um, perfection, perfection is boring. Mm-hmm. And I thoroughly believe that if you're getting married and you have a perfect wedding, that would be the biggest regret. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that if it all went exactly as it went, that the speeches were the right time and that the, you know, that the, the DJ played this exact song of the exact way and the dance was perfect. And you're like, it's just like any of those lives are, are boring. Like the, the, that's, you know, if you, um, if you, if you want to mirror that conversation to real life, that's, you know that that's that's part of the part of the problem with with social media is we only ever see the best parts and and you know it's kind of ugly to share the ugly parts but it's so much more beautiful when you see that all these other people are human mm-hmm. and that they they've got their own issues and they've got their own things and things go wrong and we don't have enough money for that and whatever whatever life brings you but yeah I'm I'm all with you on on the whole perfect wedding thing I I just vomited a little bit inside whenever I see someone <laughs> like there's there's literally business names locally. And if they hear this, like I love you guys, but yeah. change your bloody name. Like they're all about one perfect day, and 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 I, I've got a real issue with that. Like as as a feminist, I'm, I'm like the whole one perfect day and the whole bride culture. Like yeah, you know, we talk about um you know I've I've booked another bride or you know or I'm seeing the tomorrow's bride or that kind of thing. That whole thing has this real patriarchal stench to it that. Mm-hmm. That uh, look, it's it's a man run world, but but little lady, for one day, why don't you have a good one? Just <laughs> next day, let's, let's get your beaker back in the kitchen, hey? <laughs> yeah, it's and I know that's a major generalization, but I feel mm. that that's an undercurrent that is so present in so many of those conversations, and 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 that's part of the reason why I'm really trying to put the focus back onto 
the fact that please have a great wedding. Like I, if I'm your celebrant slash MC, MC slash DJ, if, if I'm involved in your wedding, like I will bend over backwards to make sure you have a good day. Like, I can sit here and list all the things that I've done, like like when we lost power and I stayed for the whole wedding, even though I wasn't paid to be there because I had a battery operated PA system so we could have at least music in this yeah. awkward situation where the yeah. beer was warm or any other situation that you want to, you know, I've spent thousands of dollars on flights because flights got cancelled and I had to be there or we've rented a car to drive overnight to get to the wedding because the flight got cancelled. All of those things, like we will, like me and, and pros will bend over backwards to make you sure you have an awesome wedding. But the love of God, I want you to have a better marriage than a wedding. Absolutely. Josh, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, that was really awesome talking with you and just hearing a little bit more about what it means to be a celebrant and your views on weddings and stuff like that. Um, man, I feel so inspired by this whole conversation to uh, really go out there and put a lot more thought into how we approach like our photography and how we do things at weddings and just how we can help cater better to what our clients need. Thank you so much, Josh, for giving me that insight into my own brain and my own life and my business. That's right. This has actually been a conversation you've been having with yourself this whole time. Jen and I don't even exist. It's, um, it's beautiful. <laughs> and I, I, I apologize for the, the litany of planes that have scattered this whole conversation. Um, uh, usually when I record, there's a... Sorry. No, no, you're fine. <laughs> no, with the with the planes in the back. It's just a beautiful like backgrounds music. It's like our own personal soundtrack. It's just gonna lull listeners off to sleep as they hear it. That white noise, beautiful, beautiful white noise. <laughs> yeah, that's how it works for us. We 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 love the planes. It's kind of beautiful, but they are louder today because the wind changed and they're taking off over our house as opposed to landing. When they land, it's very quick. When they take off, they hover around for yeah. a couple of minutes. But yeah, it's been a pleasure to hang out with you guys. Thanks for having me. Josh, where can people find you online? So uh, I'm at marriedbyjosh.com or at marriedbyjosh on all of your social networks. Um, uh, I'm at Joshua Withers on Twitter for the three of us that are on there still. Uh, my my wife uh, and um, uh, her business, Elopement Collective, is elopementcollective.com or at elopementcollective on uh, all your social medias. And if you're a celebrant or officiant that's listening to this and looking for some encouragement, uh, I, I write a blog. We've got a free podcast um, called Celebrant.Institute. That's the domain name. And at Celebrant.Institute is the uh, social media handle. So it's it's kind of very much well aimed, aimed at Australian celebrants, uh, but hopefully there's some good stuff there for everyone as well. Yeah. Don't you have a website for the Rebels Guide to Getting Married that's like uh, therebels.guide as well? I've got a podcast as well, yeah. yeah. There is that, the rebels.guy. That's my uh, podcast and vlog that I, where I kind of talk about this kind of stuff all the time. You're really up on those like awesome domain enders instead of like a dot com or dot co dot aus or whatever. I like it. Yeah. If, if, and if you, if you really want to be disappointed in me, um, log into my hover domain account and just look at the so many hundreds of dollars that I've wasted on buying cool domain names. <laughs> I love that you use hover because we use hover too. It's my favorite. <laughs> I'm the boy on Hover, man. I've got so much money being wasted there. It's like a it's like a gambling addiction. <laughs> well, everyone needs to go check out the Rebels Guide. Um, it is it definitely has a lot of great information. Um, so I 
highly recommend it if you, especially if you like listening to um, advice about having um, the not so perfect wedding, then um, you should definitely check it out and um, making it um, a great one. I had only ever listened to the podcast for the Rebels Guide and like preparing for this like talk with you. I was showing Jen like the YouTube videos because I just thought that'd be easier for us to like access at the same time. And I was just like, oh, wait, he's actually on top of a mountain right now. He just got done doing an elopement, didn't he? It was amazing. Yeah. And it was like a beautiful view. Not that your face wasn't beautiful enough already. (laughs) (laughs) Because uh, like we've got a 10 month old daughter, when I'm at home, I find it hard to allocate time to go and do things like podcasting and whatnot. Like that's what I actually love guesting on podcasts because, well, I've got to be there. It's in the calendar. I'm sorry. I've just got to go be there <laughs> where, where when it's mine, I'm like, Oh, I can wait a day. Yeah. And so when I'm doing elopements on the top of mountains or in crazy places, I'm like, well, this is a great time to record something. Yeah. So I'll try and record something. Oh, well, it was, it was gorgeous. And just Thank like you. Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it's like the Indiana of the rest of the I world. Yeah, so. it's like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think um, that's going to do it for us. Thank you yeah. so much, Josh. It was awesome talking to you today again for me and for the first Thanks, time. Thanks, guys. Yeah, absolutely. So if um, listeners, if you want to connect with us um, online, you can find us at Wedded Pod um, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you want to join the awesome community of listeners, we're growing on Facebook. You can join us at the Wedded Facebook group. Uh, don't forget to add your love buddies. Um, also, you can visit our website at weddedpod.com. Uh, and thanks for listening. And Josh, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Yeah. And Josh also was on my other podcast, Wedding Photo Hangover, um, which is less, less, Less serious, I would say. A little <laughs> bit more comedic than this. This, is, this still Much has less some formal. jokes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I'm wearing I'm wearing shorts for that podcast, and I'm wearing a suit for yeah. this one. Yes. It's a completely different yeah. vibe. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Josh. Um, have a great day. I guess it's all straight. You know what? We didn't even address this. You're celebrating my birthday already. Growing up, my parents told me that as soon as it hit August 29th, everywhere across the world, people celebrated my birthday. They didn't say that to any of my other siblings. Um, they just said it wasn't special on their birthdays, but my birthday was super special. So, so what are you what are you planning on doing for the Stephen birthday? Yeah. Well, straight after this podcast, I'm going to uh, grab my daughter and my MacBook and go to the Apple Store and go and oh sit there gosh. for a couple of hours while they're trying to fix my uh, my MacBook. And mm. um, then I'm going to go into a heavy night of Skype calls with my couples. Ooh, nice. So. Uh, yeah, it's a. It's like in Australia, we celebrate birthdays very differently. It's well, very nerdy and business minded. Actually, that's exactly what we're doing too. <laughs> that would be like my Happy perfect birthday. birthday so. <laughs> it's great. I mean, the way my parents celebrated my birthday every year was they went out binge drinking and then they came back and they cried into a bowl a while saying our son's a failure. And then uh, they had me drink that bowl of uh, tears. Later, um, they said that it was my juice to help me get better at life well the idea of your (laughs) family everyone around the world celebrated my (laughs) birthday the same way so the idea of your parents binge drinking is absolutely hilarious to me i honestly yeah they're both sober. I, I, so. I've, I've, got this, I've got this vision of them singing a song to the like, why can't you be like your other brothers? 
Billy and Josh are so much better than you. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know your brothers aren't going to listen to this, but they would love that. No, they would they would check out at the part where I erroneously said my parents were binge drinking and just be like, I can't believe you'd say that about our parents. They never drank a day in their life. <laughs> They just start scribbling the name out of the will. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, it's been so good catching up with you. Thanks for making the time. Thanks yeah, so much. You as well. Have a great day, Josh. Bye.